1: The time is surely coming, says the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread or thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east. They shall run to and fro, seeking the word of the Lord, but they shall not find it. The word of the Lord. Thanks. Thanks. A gospel reading from the 10th chapter of Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Now as Jesus and his disciples went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks.
0: maybe seated <clears throat> Anybody else want to just go Martha, Martha, Martha? All right. Maybe not. Grace and peace to you, my siblings in Christ. I had a lot of time in the car this past week driving back and forth from Camp Ripley, and so to pass some of the time I listened to some podcasts on the Luther Seminary website from Sermon Brainwave. Uh, What they do is they get three of the professors together and they talk about the texts for each week, what are the readings, and then what are their impressions on them. It's a great resource, getting their theological perspective, but also kind of their real world perspective, like what's going on with this, what are the ways that we could apply this today. And so I listened to the podcast that they just recorded a few weeks ago to prepare for today but I had a lot of time on the road, so I'm like, well, let's listen to what they said three years ago, the last time this came around. So I listened to it from three years ago and they had a lot of very similar insights. I was like, well, what if I listened to it three years before that? And they said a lot of the same things. I was like, well, this is really interesting. They're kind of finding some of the same themes and then they would take that theme and they would go in a different direction with it. One of the things I noticed was right off the bat, Matthew Skinner, Professor Matthew Skinner, would begin his discussion right after we hear from Luke's Gospel, he would say, wow, this is a really hard text. Like he literally said it almost the exact same way, three straight times. But then Caroline Lewis, Professor Caroline Lewis, agreed with him and was able to kind of add some nuance and some, uh, some of her observations. And it might be a little surprising to us, because if we've heard this passage before about Martha and Mary, it might feel pretty familiar and straightforward. Are you a Martha, or are you a Mary? You got Martha over here. You know, the implications suggest a lot about your method of discipleship. You got Martha, the worker, the one whose hospitality is so important that she misses her cues to sit and listen to to Jesus. And then for some reason, despite being so obedient, she gets reprimanded for it. Really? I mean, that seems odd. But then you've got Mary, who's foregoing her obligation. She's basically leaving Martha to do all the work by immersing herself and just sitting there and listening to the words of Jesus, her Lord. Then she gets complimented for it. It's kind of confusing, isn't it? Especially if, kind of like in our heart, most of us are like, but I'm kind of a Martha. Why is she getting in trouble? Well, Skinner, Matthew Skinner, talked a little bit about this each of those times, how it it seems to be a bit of an, there's an oversimplification that's happened. And when we do that to a passage like this, it's not helpful. So he lifted up three reasons why this passage is tough. Why did he say this is a tough passage? Well, first of all, it's not exactly clear what Jesus is talking about in that verse 42. You know the verse that Evie just read, where she goes, there's need of only one thing, and Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. That seems a little odd, that sitting there and not doing anything is the compliment. Second, what Skinner had to say is the interpretive history of this text over many, many years is hard, because it's been interpreted as a zero-sum game, which basically means... Mary, for Mary to win, Martha has to lose. And that's not exactly the way that this passage should get lifted up either. But then third, he talked about how this passage treats women. It's one of the very few passages in the gospel that has female characters, and one of them actually speaks, and now suddenly it's become a passage about women's discipleship. And he talked about, like, we don't think about, like, if Peter and John got in an argument, and how they settled their differences were like, oh, that's how to do male discipleship. So why have we gravitated to that? There's a sense of being a hardworking Martha is a bit of an unfair label. Why would we criticize someone for working hard and caring about the quality of their work? And At the same time, Lazy Mary isn't exactly fair either. So Professor Lewis chimed in. And her wisdom was, it's not an either or, it's not good job, Mary, bad job, Martha. It's not, are you a worker or a contemplator? She suggested thinking about this as a both and. Within our discipleship, hospitality and service is very, very important. But so is being able to be quiet and listen to prayer and be able to just strum a guitar sometime and just be open to what God is gonna do for us and what God is doing in our lives. It's about not being too busy to listen to God. And so both of these are valuable characteristics of a disciple. To minimize our discipleship model to just two brief glimpses of characters who appear in this story, for Martha and Mary, isn't doing either one of them justice. So maybe the takeaway shouldn't be whether we're a Martha or a Mary, but what if it's about the relationship that is formed here? And maybe think about your relationship with a sibling. Think about your relationship with a close friend. Ever complicated? Do you ever have things happen in your relationship where you're like, ah, Mary, or ah, Martha, I can't believe you did that, or you're showing me up, or you're, you know... There might be sibling rivalries, there might be competition. What is happening in this story? Well, Martha and Mary have a very interesting relationship that gets narrowed down to just this one little exchange. But did you notice the tactic that Martha uses when she gets anxious about the work that has to get done? What doesn't happen? Martha and Mary are there, Martha's doing all the work, Mary's, Mary's doing one of these, kind of like a few of you right now. I won't name names. And all of a sudden, Martha, instead of saying, Mary, start to do the work, Jesus is here. She goes, hey, Jesus, tell my sister to do the work. Jesus is like, what? That's awkward. I'm the guest in your house. Why are you telling me to tell your sister to do the work? Oh, Martha, Martha, Martha. You see what's going on here? You see what triangulation looks like? That's exactly what's happening in this story. Edwin Friedman talks about triangles. An emotional triangle is any three members of a relationship system. It could be three people could be two people and, like, a thing. But any time within that system, two members kind of gather together, plus an issue or a symptom, they kind of work and function in all sorts of different ways. We've been parts of triangles. All of us have been parts of triangles. In fact, all of us have probably been all three parts of a triangle at some point in our life. Think about the time where you've been around someone who just all they want to do is gossip, gossip, gossip. And they are, like, raising the anxiety level so high. They're like, did you hear about this? Or did you hear about her? Can you believe what she did? And they want to pull you in. And you're like, oh, I kind of want to hear these stories. This is pretty good juice. I want all the dirt. Tell me more. There's, like, a buy-in that has to happen for you to be able to get some of that. Like, you have to, like... So you have to, like, kind of give them approval that, like, the thing that they're saying about your friend over here, it's okay. These triangles happen all the time. They happen, they happen in our families. I mean, all the time in our families. They happen all the time in our workplaces. They happen all the time in our systems. And sometimes they can be super harmless, but sometimes they can really spiral out of hand and they can get things ugly. In the triangle that's forming here, Does Jesus have anything to do with the triangle? No, this is between Martha and Mary. And instead of being the host who's welcoming and saying, you know what, Jesus, I I just want to be here and be present with you, she's so worried about what Mary is making her look like. And Jesus' response is very important to us. Because Jesus knows it's not about him. And so he tells Mary nothing. And he looks at Martha, and he says, look, don't choose worry and anxiety. Choose to be present in the moment. Right here, just Martha, the work is important, the hospitality, you're doing a great job. Just be here. Just listen. What she's doing is being unanxious. She's not allowing that anxiety of like, oh, I forgot to sweep, ruin her moment with me. Sometimes we need that reminder, don't we? Like, sometimes we need that reminder in our lives because the anxiety sometimes just bubbles out of control. I mean, think about the things in your life that you are anxious about right now where you're like, oh man, I can't believe Pastor John's talking about anxiety because mine is going through the roof. And there's so many things. It could be a person in your life who's just taking too much of your energy, too much of your time. It could be, you know, something external. There could be so many things that this is as one of the people said at Old Guys this week is, I said, what are the things you're anxious about? And he's like, it'd actually be easier if we could narrow down the things I'm not anxious about. I was like, yes, exactly. This is a very relatable story about Mary and Martha. I saw this play out this week. I was witnessing a conversation and I'm like, wow, triangulation happening right in front of me. I had two women who were having a conversation and while they were talking, I noticed, like, the one person started talking faster and her body language was starting to get angry. And she's telling the other woman, and they were close friends, you could tell that they'd, they'd talked quite a bit before, but she was really angry about not getting a promotion. And so she was like, I don't know, I'm just going to quit. And the other friend was listening, but instead of getting sucked in, to, in into that triangle and just agreeing with her, she was nimbly able to kind of deflect things. And she'd say things like, well, oh, I'm really sorry that you felt that way. And then the friend started to throw one of her co-workers under the bus. He's like, well, you know, he's entitled and, and, and he's not a good leader and he's not doing the things to help me get the things that I want. And instead of agreeing with her, the other friend was just listening and just a great listener. But when this comment got made about another one of their friends, another person outside the tri- in the triangle, She just calmly said, well, you know, that's not my experience with with him. I haven't felt that when I've been in his presence. And she listened, and she supported her friend, but she didn't get sucked into the triangle. It was refreshing to see how healthy she was in the conversation. It didn't offend the other friend. It didn't create additional conflict like, well, come on, can't you just agree with me on everything? Instead, she owned her truth. She was self aware about her own relationships. And just because this other woman wanted to pull her into these negative opinions, she wouldn't let it. She was choosing the better part. She was choosing not to match the anxiety of her friend. Folks, being a disciple is hard. And it can be even harder when we're trying to do everything. Or when we have to compare ourselves to other churches or other Christians, or we feel like there's this ranking going on. But you know what? When you're feeling like you're getting pulled into a triangle, or maybe you're the one where you're like, oh man, I'm doing it. I'm like, I shouldn't be trying to pull people into this. But especially if someone's trying to do that, remember it's usually not about you. It's okay to deflect. In fact, I encourage you to establish healthy boundaries. Resist contributing to gossip. Remember the Eighth Commandment in those moments. Resist adding anxiety to a system. You know, there's a lot to be anxious about. And we might have worries and fears about the future. We might be wondering what's in store for the church or our faith. But God doesn't want us to live like that. And that was his word to the two sisters that day. Don't let worry consume us. Don't create drama where it's not needed because that is choosing the better part. Choose the better part and live. Amen.